0: The My Baby and Me podcast in association with Nook. Hi, I'm Jane Garvey and welcome
2: back to the My Baby and Me podcast. Now, this is a podcast, it's by moms. it's for moms. Some of us admittedly became mothers more recently than others, let's put it that way, but we're all still part of the same club and uh, let's be honest, most of us have got the stretch marks to prove that we've been there. We'll be discussing a different aspect of pregnancy, parenthood and life with your new baby across ten episodes in this series. We're here to share advice, experiences and the odd horror story in the hope that you will do better than we did on the road to being a mum. And believe me, when I say this, this is really important. We are not here to preach or to insist that you do things in a particular way. The last thing any pregnant woman or sleep deprived new mum needs is somebody else telling her what she's doing wrong. Now on today's episode, we're going to be talking about equipment, what you really need, what you might be tempted by, but what actually you don't really 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 need when it comes down to it we're going to focus on the essentials and we'll be really clear about what we don't think you need to waste your money on so here in the studio to help me out i've got guardian and stylist magazine columnist lucy mangan welcome lucy how are you hi jane i'm fine thank you and how how many children have you got and how old i've got one and he's three and a third Three and a third. Yeah, right. And, and just all it's quickly all quickly worked out. Yeah, it's all been all <laughs> been plain sailing for us. Oh hasn't. God, it's been a breeze. <laughs> Only you could see her face. Um, And also here, because this is one of those topics actually where it's good to get the input of a dad, Uh, the writer and broadcaster Ian McIntosh, who has a daughter who is...
1: She's actually three three? and a third as well. Is she? Yeah. I wonder if there was uh, something on TV that that (laughs) night. Something rubbish,
2: yeah. yeah. Rather, (laughs) nothing nothing on TV from the sound of things. Right, Ian, you've spent the last three years combining your life as a a football journalist, you write a lot about football, and a stay-at-home dad. And how has that been, combining...
1: To. I have to say it's been it's been wonderful um, and and very very challenging at the same time um, but I have had opportunities of, uh, of fatherhood that a lot of my friends have, have just simply been denied that okay. they have to run you, out for you work.
2: call it an opportunity absolutely people, well not everybody would agree with that
1: well I can understand that I guess it depends on perspective I mean a, a lot of my friends will be up at seven and back at seven and they'll they'll miss out on everything whereas on the flip side and I'm very fortunate uh, being a freelance writer I can tend to move things so I've I've moved an awful lot of work to night times and the evenings but during the day I've been able to to go to parks go to museums um and and just you know enjoy time with my daughter but you you acknowledge people wouldn't get
2: but you already have acknowledged the fact that being a freelance journalist gives you an enormous amount of absolutely most the vast majority of dads I'm I'm
1: very very lucky um and uh you I don't think you ever stop forgetting that while you're enjoying it
2: now your little girl has just started at nursery yeah so, how was that for you
1: for a start well it was yeah, it was very difficult because obviously there's uh, it's an emotional time and there's an awful lot of tears um, but eventually I was fine um, <laughs> and uh, she settled in now she she's uh, she's been a little slow to settle there have been a few prot- protestations at the at the start but Usually, you know, I'll phone the nursery ten minutes after I've dropped her off and she's happy as Larry.
2: Ian, that's what they always tell you. Is it? Yeah. Is it actually really? terrible? Well, we're not, we're not there. I was so calm. And They're actually working looms in the back. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lucy, we will better give Ian a chance to get over that revelation because I don't think it had occurred to him that they might just be putting it on. And we've no evidence to prove that they are down at the nursery. Um, Lucy, when you first go out with a baby, can you remember your first trip outside the house with your baby? I can, and it was a very long. time. I had a very bad birth, and I had to go and live with my mum for well, we all did for my with my mum for three months. And it was it was at least eight weeks, I think, before I left the house. And I went You're five minutes, about yeah, it. five minutes down the road, walking very carefully because I still wasn't right, and and being just being astonished at you know I'd, I'd lost muscle. It was really hard to to walk properly, and this enormous journey stretched out before me with this tiny little scrap of being in the pram. And just thinking, I've got to get all the way there, and then I've got to get all the way back, mm. and probably I'll have to do this all over again at some point, yeah. As well, and and the whole of life just kind of stretched out in front of me is kind of it's this appalling abyss opening up. I think if, like me, you've got really poor motor skills, the first time you go out in public with a with a pram containing that precious scrap of humanity mm. is it's a real it's a, a real moment now, I can remember for the first time noticing automatic doors in shops Oh yes because i I hadn't even been aware of them or thought about them before then I think all new mothers just thank God for you know basically the the, the disability lobbying that's gone on before before we got pregnant true, for the, you know the years because you you start to depend completely on automatic doors and ramps and without those you are so stuck absolutely and you know you long those bobbly bits leading down to you, you know are going to lead you to a safe place across the road and then up again and life just becomes a series of you know large and small steps literally and metaphorically I think well the times are behind you when you can leave the house just with your keys and 20 quid uh, you have to take loads of stuff with you so um, did you have a specific baby bag that you lugged about with you everywhere you went
1: we did. Um, we, uh, we we had it, you know, it's like Batman utility belt, but kind of expanded um, with, with all kinds of wipes and creams and roll-up mats. But it's astonishing how quickly that that deteriorates, that within just a matter of months, you've gone from rolling out the mats and having everything ready to pretty much your own coat on a park bench. Which and, will
2: and do, yeah, we should absolutely, say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And many, oh, everyone has done that beginning. at some point. Yeah, yeah actually, yeah.
1: You're, you're wiping someone's bottom. It's, it's OK. You don't need first class um standards.
2: Yeah, I know um, it, You just
1: need to get the job done it's
2: hard to imagine now a time before the wet wipe. Um oh, God. but there was a time.
1: I never used a wet wipe in my life before I had a child. Now I cannot imagine any scenario in which I wouldn't want to have them.
2: So, Lucy, you say you would sometimes leave the house just with a nappy, um, a spare nappy. I'm not Um, a very good mother, Jane, is what it boils down to. I'm beginning to uh, form a picture of your parenting skills, it has to be said. Um, But you always got through, or did you ever have a moment where actually, in fact, I've done this, I've gone up to a woman in a park and borrowed a nappy. I mean, she obviously didn't want it back. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever done that? Uh, I don't think I've ever actually had to borrow a nappy uh, when I got back from holiday a couple of couple of weeks ago uh, for night time we couldn't we couldn 't find them in our still ununpacked un- luggage and I had to go next door to the woman who 's got a, a two year old who 's her third child and um beg for an nappy and say I'm just I'm I'm terribly sorry about about my entire life, frankly. Could you give me an nappy? Thanks. I'll replace it tomorrow. Yeah. Anyway if, if, if we have actually brought them home, in which yeah. case otherwise. If if you don't know your neighbours, you tend to get to know them um, yeah. after you've had a child and, and thank thank goodness for that. Um you, okay we we formed a picture of you then outside the home. what about inside the home? What did you buy before the birth of your child? I bought a second hand Moses basket and a new mattress for it, which you have to have. Which the you new mattress, have to have. yeah. Uh, decent pram. It had a carry cot. It had everything with it. Are you still using the same one now? Yes, in a different yeah. form, obviously because yeah. it's changed. Yeah. I wish I'd had the wherewithal to get a second hand one because you really don't need a first hand pram, I don't think. Um, unless you want, of course, you want one that a car seat fits into as well, and then you know all hell breaks loose. Uh, what else? Not very much else. We have got. Given a lot of clothes without really asking, people were very kind. Because I'm also I had one very late, so all my friends had all this stuff that they were very happy to unload on me, and I was very happy to have. So we got loads of clothes, um, quite a few toys. We got one of those mats that you spread out, and they have the the sort of mobiles that hang over them. Yeah. And babies look at them baffled for a few months, and then you pack them away again. Uh, and and they're not cheap, fixed. are they? I mean, there's an awful lot of stuff here, like the uh, the baby mobile thing, which you actually don't need. Do you think, Ian, there's anything that is absolutely essential?
1: I found the most essential thing to buy were those... Um sort of supermarket brand 10 packs of all-in-one suits you know with the poppers around the groin Um, buy a 10 pack of them then buy another 10 pack of them and that should probably get you through the first day Um, you can mess about you know spending all sorts of money on cardigans and hats and ponchos and mini converse trainers and all sorts of (laughs) things that will um, make your your baby look like a very expensive doll Um, but those 10 pack things are without doubt the most crucial thing
2: People are very sweet, of course, when you've had a baby, if you're lucky, but anyone who buys you a dry, clean only garment of any description. Dead to me.
1: Absolutely well, there's, dead to me. There is no point. No.
2: no. Um, or the lovely blanket, even. I mean, the lovely, incredibly... Some of them are so ludicrously expensive. And again, <laughs> covered in sick or diarrhoea or combination of the two, and you can forget it, can't you? Um, what about things like... I mean, Moses Basket, you mentioned, Lucy. Did your son actually sleep in it? Yeah, he did, yeah, yeah because it's 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 great because you can put it right next to you and your life becomes all about maximizing extra seconds of sleep. So with the Moses basket you don't have to put a, a cot side down, you can just have him next to you and pick him up, put him on the boob or stick a bottle in him much more easily than you can with a cot. I have a memory certainly of of owning a Moses basket Ian, but I'm not sure either of my kids Ever slept in them? Um, to be honest with you,
1: we had one briefly, and then we moved. We we had the adjustable cot thing, where the yeah, the level sides. goes down as they mm. get bigger. Um, but the biggest waste of money we had was the swinging crib, because you see the swinging crib, and you think, oh, I've seen that on films. That would be great. I can just stick my foot out the bed and just give her a little push and roller. We put our daughter in a, a swinging crib that cost far too much money. Um, and taken far too long to build, It should also say, especially when you're as bad at DIY as me. And we put her in, gave it a push, and she went straight into the bars. It was like an egg on a seesaw. <laughs> absolutely no stability there. She lasted, I swear, 15 seconds and Any, never went in it again. A memory of how much that cost? It was over a hundred pounds.
2: Just imagine that you do want to leave the room and leave your child for a moment or two. That's when we rely on the baby monitor, Lucy. Did you have one? Oh yeah, you can't you can't manage without a well, can you? A baby monitor, I don't think. No, if you want you to... if you want to sleep easy in, in any way, it you... was just an audio thing, or did yeah, it have... just just the audio. What about a video screen? I, di- I didn't even know you could get ones with videos. You, you just, can now. I'm isn't? just so far behind my own times. It's incredible. But no, yeah, my friend had one where it sensed if your baby stops breathing for 30 seconds or longer. Um, and she found that quite useful because he was quite a, uh, you know, I want to say difficult, but not obviously not that sounds like I'm blaming him, but, you right. know, a very tricky baby. And, yeah. and uh, it, it really gave her peace of mind. So I think, you know, by all means, buy things with extra gizmos attached to them. If it makes you feel, if it genuinely makes you feel better and improves your quality of life and your quality of sleep, by all means, buy it. But really think about what's... What's really necessary for you, and when the baby's very young, um, it's not a bad thing to have the baby sleeping with you in the bedroom, is it? Oh no, we had him. We had him there in the in the in the room, certainly for the first year, and then we had a few months after that where we got used to the idea of transferring him to the the room next door. But yeah, if you're ever away from him, you just baby monitor. It's just liberating. Ian, did you find the baby monitor liberating? I've got great memories of my mum whispering in front of the baby monitor unit that was downstairs because she thought the baby could hear her talking. Um, she did that for about six months before I explained that it wasn't. But necessary. I think you can get those now. Okay, so you can okay. get two ways, and, and you can yeah, press yeah. the okay. transmit button. There. She was ahead of her time, oh, simply that. So, she thing. so is. Yes. The, the first
1: set we bought was, was was actually very expensive. The first set, and they they doubled up as walkie talkies, which me and my four year old nephew tested out. I had a range of about. Five hundred yards, <laughs> practically get the kid to the shops and back. Um, so they were they were great fun. Um, but the the key is peace of mind. You want to you have to have some time when the baby's asleep when you can just go downstairs and watch TV and not be you know thinking about the baby all of the time. So, but pretty much all you need is enough audio and ideally one with the little lights that go up when a, you hear a sound. Um, and then put that either you can get a cordless one and just have it near you or or put it in a plug that that you can see while still looking at the TV but nowadays there are ones with video cameras on that you can actually watch through your through your smartphone as well um and to be honest I've found them off putting my my sister and uh, my brother-in-law he's a he's a very gadget mad sort of chap and uh, he's set up the whole thing with night vision camera perched on the side of the crib and um it gives readouts for pulse and temperature and everything iq yeah <laughs> tomorrow's weather the shipping forecast um but I, I think that's too much i don't think you can relax when you've got that you, all you want to know is that if there's a noise you hear it you you don't necessarily have to see every single twitch
2: yeah. now nothing matters more than sleep um mm. for you or for the baby so blackout curtains i remember agonizing over blackout curtains oh did you have them have you got them
1: I, we actually found blackout curtains to be more use um, as, as our daughter grew up. Um, as a baby, she would once she was asleep, she would sleep in any conditions. Getting her there was the key. But the blackout curtains didn't really matter. But as she got older, um, particularly in the summer, the sun comes up at four in the morning and suddenly you've got a very, very awake toddler standing on your head.
2: So get them, but they're not an essential right at the beginning.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it largely depends on your, on your child, but I, I didn't find them particularly essential. Dark or and he, and he, light, should still wake up when I didn't want her to.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Any views on that, Lucy? Yeah, I love my blackout blinds. Love them. It's the greatest. It's my only moment of DIY. I was so determined to get that <laughs> velcro up on the up. So it's just a giant piece of. Um, and obviously, actually fitting blinds is beyond us. We couldn't even put the mobiles up that sh- that he got for over his crib, but we got the got these blackout blinds up, and it bought us an extra hour in the morning at least. It was beautiful, man.
0: At Nook, we believe our job is to make your life easier. For over 60 years, we've been listening to midwives, doctors, dentists, and most importantly, parents. Only by listening have we been able to deliver a range of products that is specifically designed to satisfy the needs of mother and baby in those precious early years. To find out more about the full range of Nook products, visit our website at www.nook.co.uk nook understanding life
2: now the sleeping bag for a baby there are some really cute Mm -hmm. ones they look incredibly appealing are they are they necessary or are they just one of those things that people have picked up on as a kind of trendy thing i thought they were brilliant because you have to you know you want to keep covers on the babies you want to keep him or her warm and keep them (laughs) asleep and a simple sleeping bag that, that does all that. You just pop them in at the beginning of the night and you can still pick them up and you can still comfort them. There's no, you know, you don't have to unwrap them or anything. Genius. Genius. Better than fiddling about with loads of sheets and little baby blankets. Though. Oh, yeah. Do they, Complete get, genius. they don't get overheated in those things. You, can get, you get different thicknesses and different sizes. And no, we never, he, he never did. And then machine washable as well. Yeah, oh yes, all of that. Yeah. All of that. Ian, do you have a like a baby grow bag?
1: Yeah, we, we have the grow bag as well, um, which is particularly good um in the in the you know colder months. I think sometimes in the summer you can worry that they're gonna get overheated. Um but uh, invariably they'll let you know and you just undo it and they'll stick a foot out. They they're quite good babies. They generally let you know if things aren't you know, suited um, uh, uh, at that time, um, but the the obvious benefit is that they can't work themselves into any position where the quilt goes over their head, which which ideally is not a situation you want to be in.
2: And the temperature in the room quite important. You don't want it to be too cold
1: or too hot. So, yeah. do you need a thermometer? You need the egg. You need the magic egg. Um, You just plug it into the wall and it changes colour. If it's too cold, it goes blue. If it's too hot, it goes red. And again, it's all about peace of mind. Because you can say, ooh, is it too cold in here? You just look at the egg. The egg knows. Trust in the egg.
2: Aren't babies (laughs) just like people? Some people like a cold bedroom. Some some people like a warm (laughs) bedroom. That's what I I always thought. I always thought if I was... You know, if I was slightly uncomfortable and, and my husband was, slight, was pretty comfortable because we were at the two extremes, then then the baby was probably fine. Uh, I never had the egg or, uh, a, or uh, a thermometer.:
1: I think it goes back to, to the baby as well. I think the, the egg primarily is peace of mind of the parents, um, but the baby will let you know if something's not right.
2: A lot of people carry their babies around, a lot of physical contact between parent and child is actually, uh, seems to be much more emphasis put on it now than there was when I was much, much younger. So the baby Bjorn is this, Mm. I mean, I remember, it has that kind of 70s feel about it, hippies, you know, carrying your baby around with you. Did you have
1: one? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, you could go anywhere with that. You're portable, you could go shopping because you had two hands, one for carrying and one for paying money. Um, you could even pretend that it was a kind of alien mastermind a- attached to your front by hiding your mouth and going, I have taken over this adult, <laughs> and do things like that, which never gets dull. It's
2: quite a- <laughs> It's quite a macho thing, though, to-, to go around carrying the fruit of your loins absolutely. like that. Don't you think? Look got- at
1: me, I am fertile. Yeah,
2: so you acknowledge that aspect <laughs> yes, of Yes, absolutely. Uh, did you use one of those, Lucy? I didn't. I found them too uncomfortable. It's, yeah. it's. I, I, th- I think you have to be quite strapping to to get the the best out of them. You know, it needs to be very much a kind of appendix to you. Whereas for me, it just pulled me forward and made me feel like I weighed a million pounds. I have to use the. We also I've always uh, had to use the pram.
1: Uh, as men, we have less obstacles on the front of our body, which could make that kind of thing uncomfortable. True fact.
2: <laughs> so you didn't use the papoose thing either. No. I mean, you know, I've got to admit, you know, there's no one who hates hippies more than me. So I was prejudiced <laughs> against them from the start. Um, but I also turned ahead. out to be too small for them. Earlier on, you mentioned um, the muzzy, the cloth, yeah. which was, w- was one of the great... I mean, I just didn't know what these things were until they became the absolute centre of my life. Explain what you do with a with a muslin cloth. The muslin square, you do anything with it. You can swaddle your baby with it. You can wipe its face in a sticky spot almost literally you can wipe its bum with them you can moisten them to cool it down in a you know if it's feeling ill you can put it over your shoulder to protect against sick you can make it into an impromptu beach hat it's everything (laughs) it is everything they are everything and these things come in packs of three or four don't they I don't know. My mother supplied me with with a sort of suitcase, sort of four by four by four right. suitcase. I, and did you I, wonder what they were, honestly, when you first saw them, or did no, you? No, no, she'd be talking about them for years, <laughs> decades. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, and they were an essential. Would you say? Oh yes, Again, yeah, They are. They're the dry, wet wipe of life after a baby. They're just. They can do anything, and you don't go anywhere without one. So far, then, we've talked about stuff for the baby and stuff in the home. What about for the mum? after birth or immediately before birth, there is actually nothing wrong with wearing your partner's tops. Um, if they fit you, wear them. In fact, carry on wearing them if you absolutely have to. Who cares? Nobody's making judgments at this time in your life, are they? If they are, just get rid of them. Yes.
0: Just,
2: you know, get rid of these awful people. I know I... God, I can't look at my photos from, from the first six months to a year of of the child's life because I would. I just... Um, I remember my friend saying to me, and I hadn't appreciated it really at the time, saying to me before I had the baby, saying, "You know, you're getting somewhere where it takes takes you, you know, uh, longer to change his nappy than it does t- to change yours." I'm like, what? What's she talking about? And then I discovered because you're, you know, you've got the big pants on, you've got massive sanitary towels in there, you've got your giant uh, jogging suit trousers to to take account of it all, and. Um, You know, it can take longer to change yourself for the first few weeks or months than it does to take, you know, baby stays the same every day. I think you're doing a good job of making light of this, but I've got to be honest and say that I remember I had a a couple of two elective caesareans and I can remember vividly staggering to the shower after having my first baby and looking at myself in the shower and thinking, I I don't think I'm... I could barely... I couldn't really stand up properly. I I've, I've looked down at my body and thought, what has happened here? It is a bit of a battleground, isn't it? I think that's whether you've had a, a caesarean or a or a vaginal delivery. And, and you can't expect too much of yourself at that time in your life. I think especially if you've had a caesarean or a, a bad vaginal birth, just ask yourself what people would be asking of you if you'd been in a car crash that had caused a similar degree of pain and Injury, or if you've had your appendix out, or anything, you know. I it, remember being very jealous of people who'd had their <laughs> appendix out after I had a baby. Oh, <laughs> give God, give me keyhole surgery any day. <laughs> <laughs> well, just get get like, rest and everything. Be reassured if you're feeling bad about yourself and the way you are, and the way you look, and the way you feel. Other other women certainly will understand. Anyone who's ever had a child will know how that feels. Definitely, and and the thing, but the thing about it is, you don't know that until and unless you've had a, any kind of birth, but certainly a, a bad birth. All is women and friends sort of come out of the woodwork with these with mm. their stories that they don't tell you beforehand because either it's a sense of decorum or um a sense of you know not wanting to bring the human race to a halt by ever telling people the truth before they've had children um is that it can be quite horrible quite shocking and take a very very long time to heal ignore all the stories about people who you know get back to get back to work within 5 days of having a cesarean uh, and if you've had you know, bad vaginal birth. Things can take months to heal properly, and then they might not heal right, and you'll have to go in again and get it sorted. Just give yourself a break. Give yourself a break. Say, yeah. It's 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 a big thing you've just done. Yes, and that brings us on to men, Ian. Oh, both. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, um, what did uh, did you do? You acknowledge now what we were just talking about—that your wife, actually, your, your partner. Do you? believe ian that your partner went through that situation that we've just been discussing
1: well it's funny because i was talking to my wife about this this morning and um i, I was under the impression i've been you know the most wonderful husband there is um so i said to her you know were there any little things that irritated you a bit you know when we just had a baby she just looked at me hard in the eyes and she said yes you're complete and utter incomprehension of everything i've been through and I thought Ah oh, oh oh God. <laughs> Which is terrible from my point of view as well Did because you
2: read it out from a scroll <laughs> yeah.
1: <where she> <laughs> Tablets of stone. But you you thought, um, looking
2: back that you were doing the right you were putting the kettle on, you were asking her how she was?
1: Absolutely, but I think Lucy absolutely nailed it with it's you know, it's like being in a car crash. You're be passing so a very, very big solid through something that's only ever released a trickle of liquid. You know, that's that's going to be hideous all kinds of hideous that no man could ever really imagine um and i maybe there's no way that a man ever could really be considerate enough to um to take everything into account but it is appalling because i was there at the time and and yeah, had you know every first-hand witness idea and my eyes are glazing over now as memories come back it was uh, absolutely appalling um i think all you can do as a man is just just shut up really and just do everything that is asked of you that's a, the best advice.
2: What about a a token gift?
1: Oh gifts? yeah, god, yeah. I I don't think the marriage would last uh, much more than 24 hours um if uh, if you didn't do that. And in my case I I got my wife a tablet. Um not painkilling, but uh no. The, yeah. That's what she wanted, me. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> knocked her out for a week, she was delighted. <laughs> <laughs> so you, um, got, you got her a tablet which allowed her to... Well, she to wasn't
2: going to have a social life anyway, so she may as well look at her tablet. Exactly,
1: get your box sets on there and, and your websites and uh, and everything like that, because she was going to be you know, pretty immobile for quite a considerable period of time. Um, so, yeah, just do things like that, and, and you will survive, men.
2: Oh, never mind whether the men survive. Um <laughs> There is, I I certainly did not, what's the expression, get my post-baby figure back for quite some time. If not, I think I did, it was really disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know whose figure I've got got now, it's probably not my own. Um, But that business of, uh, we've seen them in the papers, those um, amazing, miraculous women, who knows, maybe they've had cosmetic surgery along with their C-section, who do get their so-called figure back, Lucy. They do haunt us, those people, don't they? They do, and so I, I'm, I don't mind so much about them because I sort of think today's actors and act- and actresses, they're basically athletes who happen to act. The amount of work <laughs> they do, you know how fit they are. I've got a, a a friend who's a you know great runner and you know does marathons, all that kind of thing. And when she was five months pregnant, she had a bump, you know the size of a of a peanut. Yeah. And I said, you know, is everything all right? He said, yeah, I went, to, I went to the doctor. He says, that's all right, that's just what happens if, you're, if you've got muscle tone. I was like, oh, <laughs> But it was so unusual yeah. to, to, you know, see anyone who's that fit. But they're all like that. And so, of course, when they pop these babies out, having been in the peak of fitness, the, you know, a proper Olympian peak of, of fitness, of course they're going to pop back like that. That's fine. I don't, I don't mind that. They've worked hard for it. Enjoy it. But just hold, don't hold it up as representative and I don't think they do it's um, you know it's just the evil various evil newspapers that do that so would you recommend um, joining a gym going to a gym or even actually allowing yourself to focus on what your figure looks like Maybe that's another it, thing you need to give yourself a break from i would I would say if you went to the gym before and you like going to the gym, go to the gym as soon as you feel ready. If you've never done it before in your life, this is not the time to start. It <laughs> Ian, really did, isn't. Did you ever say anything about your wife's appearance?
1: In the- <laughs> How in- stupid do I look? <laughs> well, don't answer that. Actually, <laughs> no, no. God should just created life. She just presented me with a daughter. Um, the the last thing I was I was going to comment on was uh, was questions of body image. I mean, I think. Yeah, it's fair enough. It's it's something you'll definitely worry about before it happens. But there's going to be a period of three months after the birth, or maybe even longer, where you you're not even going to know what day it is, what the weather's like, whether it's summer or winter. Um, you you the last thing you really need to worry about is what your bum looks like in a pair of jeans.
2: And if you do spend,
1: um, I don't know,
2: six months in a pair of tracksuit bottoms and a, a selection of of um slightly stained tops, Lucy. Well, that's just what life is—freelance life—and it's it's not going to be forever. And don't get down about it if you can help it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, normal rules do not apply, and in as much as the normal rules should ever apply, Mm. half of them, you'll know. You know, you might you might worry about it now. It'd be very unlikely, I think, once you've had the baby, that you are so conscious or desirous of, of maintaining previous standards. The other thing I noticed is that I lost shyness, actually. And, and if I was out in whatever kind of weather it might be, with, with a baby in a park or... In fact, that was the other thing. I didn't even know we had a local park until, oh, yeah. I, until I had a baby. <laughs> Boy, did I notice that park. Um, I would, I, if I saw another woman... Who looked like she'd have a chat with me? I would go up and I would talk to her, whether she want, i mean, whether she had the slightest interest in engaging with me or not. But actually, I had a pretty good success rate. Most people were as eager as I was just to have a chat. I know it's like having a dog, isn't it? it opens up this whole new world of—I think of it's better than having a dog. Social interaction. You're
1: rubbish at chasing sticks, though.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my daughter's never got good at that. Um, so you do, in a way, you have to overcome if you are maybe a more reticent individual. You've got you park that side of yourself for a while, don't you, for the sake of your sanity. I don't think I became more sociable, but I certainly became much more proactive. You know, if mm-hmm. I needed a if I needed a seat and someone had their bag on there, or if I needed to get here, there, or everywhere. Sorry, c- would you mind? I can't. I can Can you open the door for me? Thank you so much. Or you know, can you get your bag off there? You know, woman going to sit down or woman going to fall down? You know, lots of things like that. And just you know, you just get through the day much more quickly because you've got to you've got to be looking after this thing and getting from A to B to C in time. In the house, then um, you were you breastfeeding and doing some bottle feeding as well. Uh, I had to do mixed feeding at the beginning, and then it was all boob. Okay, um, so you needed a steriliser at home. Yeah, yeah, and that is an essential. Yes, that is a breast pump. I mean, not everybody wants to breastfeed. Not everybody can use a breast pump. I, I think I've, I think I tried. <laughs> I'm not sure it was a raging success, Lucy. Um, we bought one when we. Had to really when it was a choice between because I was just destroyed. Um, that by about, yeah, sort of six to eight, see my boobs were so sore, everything about me was so sore. I was about to give up breastfeeding, and someone said, I think the health visitor or, or someone said, Do you want to? Can you try pumping? You know, do you think you can manage it? So like, I'll give it a go. So we went, that's when we went out and bought one. I wouldn't, I don't think I would have bothered buying one beforehand, even if I'd thought of it. <laughs> Seems to me to be computing too many variables. But to... it did work. It did work for me, but um, it doesn't for a lot of people. My my friend who from en, the classes at antenatal classes at the time, she tried it and didn't get on with it. And my um, best friend who's just had a baby, she isn't getting on with it either. So again, but again, it's it's not your fault, you know. The mechanics of your boob that you have no control over don't match up with the mechanics of a breast pump. That's not that's not a, a, a matter of culpability. That's just. Fact. I will forever treasure um, Christmas Day 1999, which I spent largely wrestling um, with a breast pump and with the help of my sister, who also says she'll never forget that Christmas <laughs> night. <laughs> um, and I, I, Actually, seriously, I was glad of the presence of my sister because in a funny way, and this wasn't, it's not a very sexy part of your life. Um, no. and, and wrestling with a breast pump. Uh, I mean, of all life's experiences, probably one of the least alluring. I don't, uh, do you, and if your husband um, finds this alluring, you might—you've got problems. You've got, problems <laughs> you've than, got more than, on your plate than we yeah. can cater for in this podcast. But I, yes, yes,
1: I, I found it rather more agricultural than yes. alluring. Yeah, um, but it—it it was. When it works, it's fantastic because it essentially buys you time yeah. um, mm. to avoid the the breastfeeding in the middle of the night. That you can you can cover that base. And also, um, when we had our daughter, we lived in uh, in South Shields, up in the northeast, where mm. there there were not many twenty four hour shops. And I was covering a football tournament in South America, just off the TV. Wanted a cup of coffee. There was no milk. And you know what? It's all right. In oh, it's okay. <laughs> Slightly honeyed, you know, interesting <laughs> texture, but
2: uh... taking the food out of your child's mouth
1: he literally. Was fine, it was only a little bit. Mm,
2: God, um, I just remember my ever unflappable dad coming into the, the the sitting room with me with my boob out in the in the pump, <laughs> and he go, "Do you want a sandwich, love?" I go, no. <laughs> no, thanks, "Dad, I'm just gonna get on." What kind of a sandwich was he offering you? Just Chicken. Chicken, okay. Lucy, thank you for that. And that's a lovely story about your dad and the sandwich. I think everyone's got one of those dad meets breastfeeding for the first time anecdotes because not, not all of us knew all that much about breastfeeding before we tried to do it. And our parents had never seen the likes. Um, let's focus then on the two things you've absolutely got to have, which really have got to be brand new, not necessarily cheap, but they have got to be brand new. One is the car seat uh, in which you leave hospital with your new born baby the other is the baby mattress the mattress for the cot or for the Moses basket has got to be absolutely new but as we've indicated during this conversation all sorts of things are thrown at you as, as rather tempting so-called essentials and I bet we've all spent money on stuff we really didn't need I know I ploughed a lot of money into a kind of scented super organic nappy chomping bin which was just a load of rubbish and I've been far better off just hoofing the thing into the general bin Um, Lucy what about you? Oh, I'm so mean, I don't think I overspent on anything. OK, so the one thing you couldn't possibly have got through the last couple of years without, big knickers. And Ian, have you got big knickers?
1: Yes, yes, I have. Not necessary, but uh, very comfortable. Um, the, the most essential thing that, that we had was, um, I think the playmat, when they're a little bit older the great big colourful playmat with things hanging down that make noises. It's kind of like being in the chill-out room in a 1990s club where kids are just sitting there waving their hands about, getting amazing visuals. That was great because then you can just put your baby down in a place where it cannot possibly do itself any damage. Yeah,
2: and we should say, of course, in the very early stages, the baby cannot be thundering around the house exactly. playing with plugs because it's just not possible.
1: It would be disturbing if it happened. Yeah, um, and the
2: thing that you spent money on that you didn't need to?
1: Oh, I only did it once, but scented nappy bags. Uh, we, we live in a very commercial world. There are some things that, that that are enhanced by being branded and having personality. But a small sack to put poo in is not something that needs to be a deluxe version. You can get them very, very cheap from supermarkets. They'll last forever. They come with their own scent anyway. But you are essentially just going to put poo in it and put it in the bin. You don't need to spend on really expensive nappy sacks.
2: Thank you for making that clear, Ian. That's... um. If anybody had the slightest doubt what we were talking about, we now all understand. Uh, My thanks to Ian McIntosh and to Lucy Mangan. You can find them on Twitter. It's at Lucy Mangan and at Ian McIntosh. And almost as simply, I'm... At Jane Garvey One. And if you like what you've heard, please do tell your friends and fellow mums and mums to be by sharing this podcast on Facebook. And if you've got the time between nappy changes and feeds, then leave a comment or a review for us on iTunes. We'd really appreciate that. I'm Jane Garvey, and thank you very much for listening. We'll talk again soon.
0: You've been listening to the My Baby and Me podcast in association with Nook. Visit us at nook.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus,